Is it doing anything? Oh, okay. This is the Make America Great Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Welcome to uh, a very special episode of the Make America Great Again podcast. I'm your host, Cody Burkett, CSW, masquerading as Orson Welles. Yay! <laughs> I am... Megan, also CSW, and Venny Vitti Drinky. And I am James McNew, a true master. Yes! <laughs> what we've got here tonight... <laughs> you gave me the option. Yes. So what we've got here is a Massachusetts champagne. And like all the best French champagnes, it's vintage dated on the bottle. Well, of course, we can't call this champagne... Got here the traditional method, Brute Cuvée, RGR, Robert James, Russell, Westport Rivers, 2007 Brutes, sparkling wine. And we're going to try and open this on the air, because bubble make fun noise. So I bought this bottle directly from the winery when I visited with uh, a previous ex. The idea was we were going to drink it and win it, and then... <laughs> That didn't happen. We've been drinking a little bit, obviously. Well, uh, Vinny Vinny Drinky has been drinking a lot more than yes. I have. I have. Ah. Quite a while, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. Woo. There we go. Woo! Woo! It's oh. <laughs> a little so, late, but that's okay. The thing to keep in mind is that everyone says, oh, you need flutes for champagne glasses. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's wrong. It's horrible. It's a horrible idea. And you want to know why? Why? Because you can't smell anything. Flutes are great for looking at bubbles. Well, it's just, got a really nice just... head on this. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be, that's what he said about her? I, I don't know. No. 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 I don't know. What? Well, no, not the way you said it. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is aged, isn't it? Yes. So. Yeah. That. Okay. So an aged color. An aged champagne. Ooh. Oh my. Yeasty. That hurt. That was painful. Mm. So an aged champagnes get this. Uh, for one, they turn this really bright, <coughs> dark, bright dark. Bright dark. <laughs> they have not worked for you today. No. Words my urine after a 15-kilometer ruck march in Fort Stewart, Georgia. Well, now, now I've lost all appeal. That's the comparison that we wanted. <laughs> Ooh, that smell, though. Um, so they get this really... deeply. They get this really dark color. It smells different. Like, it smells old. Like, it smells yeah. dusty. And, and old champagne also gets this sort of really cool... Not sort of. Uh, it gets this really cool, yeasty earthy, flinty aroma. Uh, and they're just really fun to have aged vintage champagnes. Vintage champagne. Vintage champagne. Well, that's the it's funny it's fermented in the bottle. Beastie, yeasty. Yeah, so yes, good. this was Method Champagne Walter, or, uh, sorry. <clears throat> uh, traditional method. Oh. Sorry, we're not in champagne. We can't call it Method Champagne Walter. No. Traditional. This is vintage in the bottle, like the best vintage champagne. 
So, in case you haven't realized, uh, we are referencing this wonderful... Uh, <laughs> he gave me permission to hit the button. It's over. What, yeah. Now I'm stuttering to the fucking tune of that. So there's this wonderful video of outtakes of Orson Welles for a commercial for a California champagne, because back then they were called California champagne. Though we'll talk about what that means in a minute. Um, when I get the trusty CSW book off the shelf, and hopefully it doesn't kill everything and everybody because it's buried, where basically he's supposed to be in a commercial for this California vintage champagne by Paul Masson. Paul Masson. Paul Masson. Someone. A couple of people have done wonderful auto tune versions just, of this. And just remixes. In and general. remixes, and they are glorious. And so. We're going to be, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to post the links on the blog entry because y'all need to see them. They're wonderful. Yes, hashtag totally worth it. It still has a bright fruity character, though, mm-hmm. on, on the palate. It does, but it still tastes Apple old pear. at the same yeah. time. Like, it's... Oh, that yeasty character, you breathe it in and it's just so yeasty. Yes. But I feel like... And bread, like toast. It is. Like but... ideal, well, not ideal, but like good toast. I see, but here's the thing, because for me, you know, the the more that like the fancier champagne, like actual champagnes, but sparkling wines in general, I've noticed, but especially champagne itself, the higher quality, you know, usually the more expensive ones, the more they do, they just taste like yeast. So that for me, they taste like potatoes, and I can't stand it. This <laughs> doesn't, and I've had old actual French champagne that don't have that potato quality. They ha- but they get that old like dusty like something but this yeah it's it's that same old dusty but it's like if, if i was walking through an old house in the attic and it's dank and dusty but i was so like it, my like, kitchen your kitchen no <laughs> no no because the smell and the, the the thing that i'm talking about is a wonderful smell no i know i'm and just I'm happiness being facetious. <laughs> i know i'm also being facetious <laughs> yeah. his kitchen today because it was terrible. It was it was a problem. But, um, no, it's like this is, yeah, like, because you were saying, like, fresh fruit, so it kind of makes me think of I mean, walking through that, like, dank, dusty attic with that damp smell or an, or a, or a um, basement or something, but eating fruit at the same time. Like, kind of... moldy right. old attic in 18th century Lovecraftian house in Salem where somebody left a bottle of champagne long forgotten for 60, 70 years. Exactly. Bubbles that no man has ever tasted. Like the ones at the bottom of the Titanic. Mm. They pulled out and you can go and have a dinner now, fuckers. <laughs> Bullshit. This magical CSW. Yeah. So, um, somewhere in here it talks about, uh, Ah, oh, there we go. Fermentation and still wine production, which is not what we want. But anyway. Where is this from again? Uh, this is from Massachusetts. Okay. Speaking of Lovecraft countries. Yes, yes. Bubbles that no man has ever tasted. <laughs> right, Sparkling wines that man was not meant to know. No, no, no. We'll, we'll do this again. It had right. a nice comic effect. No, we're going to do I this I mean, right. I don't know. It's, it is kind of funny when I'm just like, Fuck! <laughs> Can't get it to go! Sparkling wines that man was not meant to know. 
I'm gonna laugh when that sound barely even like gets through the fucking recorder. <laughs> We're rambling. Wine. Um, I love this. Uh, I remember tasting it in the tasting room at Westport Rivers and really digging it. And and what's the year on it again? This is 2007. Okay. Where the fuck were you in 2007? Let's see. I graduated high school in 2005. So I probably was doing a whole lot of nothing in 2007. What about you, James? I was unemployed in Prescott because I mouthed off to my boss at the YMCA. Very because good. she didn't like me playing the cure in the lobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oddly specific. Uh, 2007, that was my second year of college. I was in the middle of the worst relationship I've been in. We're just starting. Ooh, and I had almost just started. The only relationship that counts. Weird. And 25 years ago tonight, I suffered one of the worst dumps ever. March 12th, 1994, came home from spring break. Was going to have my girlfriend over for dinner and a screening of Sleepless in Seattle. She did not show on time. Finally, I called her. She dumped me over the phone, and I drank the entirety of a bottle of Quavassier XO that my father had purchased. Needless to say, he was not happy. But, well, fuck it. March 12th, 1994. 25 years ago tonight. More wine. More sparkle, please. (laughs) I was going to hit the womp womp womp, but... I didn't know if that was a That's perfect. good, thank you. So Look at those bubbles. Oh, yeah. It's got a huge, huge... Noise from the... Huge noise from the wine fridge. I was just like, please don't say huge head. <laughs> I think he was going to say tracts of land. I, I don't know where I was going with that, but... It, it's still very vivacious. Uh, it's still very vivacious. 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 Um, does I channel Orson Welles again? <laughs> Even after all this time, and I've had older champagnes. Like, the oldest one I've ever had was 15 years, which I guess this... Ooh, I've got it older then. Maybe I'll bring it over. Ooh, we should. I have an actual champagne from 1991. Ooh. It's not not vintage dated. (laughs) It's not vintage dated. However, I did enough research when I got that shit... Cause it's. Uh, Did you find that in a, like a uh, estate sale? Yeah, it was an estate That's sale. Right. It was a, it was a Perrier, uh, the oh. Perrier Jouet. Oh, nice. And yeah, nice. it was. There were two bottles of it just sitting in this basement. I was like, oh my god! And it was like three dollars each. And so we opened one, and it was glorious. I mean, old and dusty like this one, but obviously older because you know we didn't know at the time, but we did a lot of research trying to find the label or something and finally I just emailed Barry Hay and I'm like hey this is what I have here's the lot number or whatever and they were like yeah it was probably bottled in like 91 nice. like, oh shit I got that one bottle left <laughs> so yeah that that would be really fun um, yeah, to acquire just, I don't know what to do with that now it's well we like, drink I know we drink it it just seems so sad I mean I know that's what it's for but it's just like oh god it's gone after that forever. I know, and so is this, but I know. But I'm sharing it with you. And it's enjoyment because remember, it's... this is old calendar. Uh, drink that bottle night, I know. which is why we're drinking this bottle. The other reason why we're drinking this bottle. Uh, so old calendar is a, a, an orthodox joke. Uh, the original, real drink that bottle night is February 10th. No. February. Hold on. It's on my something. Calendar. 
Yeah, it was February something, but it, no, it was later than... It's not the 10th. Um, or 20th? 18th. Or February 18th. Yeah, it was the 18th. Uh, drink that bottle night. And oh, no, 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 wait. Oh, shit. No, I read that wrong. Hold on. Oh, fuck. Where is it? Where is it going? Oh, 23rd. There it is. It was a yeah, wrong so, color. Yeah, uh, 23rd was drink that bottle night. The idea is that you take that bottle that you've been sitting in your cellar and, and your fridge or whatever that you're I'm like... i drink this someday for some special occasion. And then you just literally be like, fuck it, drink that bottle. Yep. Um, that occasion's never coming. Yeah. Which, in this case, for this bottle, it never came. Um, and so it's just been sitting there and waiting for this podcast episode. Um, what? Just just say it. It never came. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I was... My mind was admittedly in the gutter as well. I just didn't have the scope. Well, I'm used to this motherfucker's brain being in the gutter. Mine doesn't work like that. So then the times where it does, I'm like, wait, you just, you didn't hear what you just said? You, what? Like, I got that, but you didn't. You said it. That's what she said. Yeah, this is a fine vintage. That it is. Um, very enjoyable. Again, uh, a very impressive smooth and the fruit is smooth. still powerful it's almost got that sort of dried apricot or, or yeah. dried ma- maybe mm-hmm. dried mango I could see that because I wanted to say something kind of tropical yeah um, which is something that I don't get in a lot of French Akuna champagne Matata. again this is something very cl- we said something tropical uh, is that not... tropical no I mean that's African that's African tiny bubbles that's from Hawaii Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Kuna Matata is the Lion King, and that's in Africa. That's I don't know. Tropical. I was just trying to say something tropical. Like, Well, okay, but it become tropical because I watched a documentary, and apparently the dust in Africa, there's a wind that takes it across the ocean into the Amazon, and, and apparently that dust settles in the Amazon and is like just creates a bunch of shit. Like, it's insane. It, it basically acts as fertilizer for, yeah, for the Amazon like rainforest. Yeah, it's like weird fertilizer. Like, and let us insane. not forget that little fish that... Uh, never mind. Forget it. Move on. Oh, God. Yeah, that one. Yes. I think I already know you. I'm like, I don't even know more. Yes. <laughs> the subjects we get. All right, all right. Yeah, this is why I had to put a le- list on the... <laughs> on the, the, the West Virginia episode of things that were deleted from this podcast <laughs> for, for time. Uh, although this is season two, so maybe we can keep them in. I don't know. Anyway. <clears throat> From the CSW handbook. The traditional method of sparkling wine production. The method of making sparkling wine is champagne. No traditional or classic method in various languages. It is used with only minor variations all over the world. Spain's Cava, Italy's Francia Corda, and France's sparkling wines produced outside of Champagne, known as Cremants, all use the method traditionnel. Nearly all premium New World sparkling wines, such as the Brut Cuvée from Westport River, vintage, vintage dated 2007, do as well. The traditional method entails making and bottling a dry, still, high acid and low alcohol wine. The winemaker then adds a precise amount of yeast and sugar to the wine, which is immediately cracked. The fresh yeast and sugar start a ferment ferment... A ferment fermentation. <laughs> ferment ferment... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, start a, a second fermentation in the bottle, which takes about 30 days to complete. After this second fermentation, the wine is aged and the lees will still in the bottle. Uh, this, of course, makes some of the lees dissolve and absorbed into the wine. And then, after that, you get this super elaborate procedure uh, where you collect the sediment in the neck of the bottle and dispose of it, which leaves basically just the sparkling wine. 
uh, that's in the bottle. And then it's quickly topped off. So after you wait, after it's aged in the bottle, you, you basically get those leaves and it's um, remutage is the name of the process in, in French, where you basically slowly get the bottle to tip onto its top. And then you basically freeze it, pop it off, let it go, uh, get that yeast plug out, fill it with some new sparkling wine, uh, known as the, I almost said liquor d'espionage, which is not right. Liquor d'ex, the liquor d'espionage, I can't, fucking, yeah, that's the word I'm trying to say in French. Yeah, triage is the uh, stuff that's. We'll we'll find it out here in a minute because I'm gonna. Basically, you got. Um, so this is a uh, sort of not a cuvee. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is a traditional champagne style blend of Chardonnay, Pinot Meunier, and Pinot Noir, which are they all grow on site. Gosh, it's super yeasty and super. It's bread. Like bread and butter in your glasses and Liquid empty. bread. Grazie. I don't know why I said that. In... So basically, you make your wines like you would any other still wine with the traditional method. There are a number of different styles, like Blanc de Blancs is white wine from white grapes. There's Blanc de Noirs, which is white wine from black grapes. And then you have the traditional blend, which is all three. Uh, this would be a vintage blend, of course. So you make your wine during that, and then you get that second fermentation that starts. Uh, the liquor de triage is uh, added to the cuvee to create that second um, fermentation in the bottle. Uh, so you add in the, um, the yeast and, of course, the sugar, water, or sugar, or I guess it's just yeast and sugar. Uh, and basically, you get these heavy bottles with these massive blunts that are designed to keep that atmospheric pressure uh, from busting out. So you get the yeast that starts the second fermentation. Breaks down the sugar and creates alcohol and carbon dioxide, as regular fermentation does. Uh, the extra fermentation doesn't really raise the alcohol at all. Um, it basically changes it from 10 to 11 or 11 to 12. Um, but also, this carbon dioxide builds up pressure. Um, and the second fermentation takes place really slowly, because it's usually done in a cellar or in the caves where it's really, really cold, lots of temperature control. Uh, by that time that sugar is fermented, you get the pressure up there. About five to six atmospheres. Uh, 75 to 90 pounds per square inch. I don't know what that is for metric people. I'm sorry. <laughs> metric people. Yes, metric people. You know who you are. So anyway, after the fermentation is done, the yeast cells die, begin to decompose, uh, relates the compounds that are creating this toasty, nutty character. Process known as autolysis. Basically, it's uh, one of the ideas behind this is that you're using neutral base wine so that the flavor of the grapes themselves will not compete with these yeasty characteristics uh, through this production method. Basically, uh, the longer the wine remains in contact with the dead yeast before it's removed, the more apparent uh, this flavor is going to be. And in this case, it's very apparent. So this was probably on those leaves for quite some time. I have to assume the aging adds to that, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And the aging does to that. If you, know, if you have the wine that was yeah. on leaves for longer... And then you age it longer, that, yeast, well, yeah. that yeasty, toasty character becomes more prominent over time. Yeah. Basically, uh, when it's rested on the leaves long enough to achieve whatever your desired character is, then you begin the riddling process. Um, so basically, you slowly turn the bottle upside down a little bit every day, 
or you know you have machines that do it in massive facilities. This is not a massive facility, so I'm assuming it's hand done. So basically, yes. So basically, you gently shake the bottle, <laughs> gently shake the bottle, uh, to protect to prepare for disgorgement. That sounds painful. <laughs> More exciting, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, uh, during this process called uh, degorgement or disgorging, you open the bottle, the yeast is extracted, the bottle is resealed as quickly as possible. The traditional method is using these racks known as pupitres, which are created by the widow Clicquot, uh, one of the most famous women in French wine history. So anyway, you uh, do this for weeks or months, and then uh, once it's popped out, you send it out with the liquor de expedition. Because you lose just a little bit of wine during that disgorgement process. And oftentimes during that disgorgement, you basically dip it in some sort of icy brine solution that's cold enough to freeze the sediment. You basically then turn the bottle upright and open it. The plug gets shoots out of the bottle. And then you just go boom. Like this is known as degorgement à la glace. Sorry. And then, uh, <laughs> anyway. So that's your uh, process. There are a number of different residual sugar styles for this. This bottle, for example, says Brut. So we know Brut is dry with less than uh, 12 grams per liter remaining of residual sugar, uh, also known as less than 1.2%. Uh, tastes pretty dry. I'm not getting any residual sugar. So the, you get Brut, Brut Nature, Extra Brut, Brut Extra Dry, also known as Extra Sec, Sec, Demi sec and douce. Do, 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 Sorry. Um, um, so those are in order from uh, least amount of residual sugar to most. There's other methods for making sparkling wine. Uh, we talked in our uh, Maryland episode about uh, pet gnats and that sort of thing, uh, also known as the method ancestral. So we're not going to talk about those other methods here. At least I assume we talked about that in that episode because we haven't recorded it yet as of this recording. <laughs> well, then what if you post this one first? I won't because this is for season two. Oh, uh, that's right. Uh, I'm really digging this. It is fun. I like sparkling wine. The problem is I don't give myself enough fun time to open bottles because for me they're often like... For me it feels really weird to drink a sparkling wine on my own without sharing. Yeah. I can do that with other wines, not a problem. But there's something about the inherent culture around sparkling wines. Yeah. And maybe it's just culture, maybe it's just what we've all been ingrained with in pop culture, that the idea that party equals bubbly, equals yeah. family groups, equals like New Year's. Yeah. But what about the wine itself, not the occasion? That's the thing I like to focus on. Yeah. Well, and normally you do, but it's like sparkling wines... Like, they're advertised as occasion wines. Like, not everything mm -hmm. else is. Everything else is, it's a little a little more subtle. But, yeah, anything sparkling, like, it seems very strange to have that on your own. I feel like, anyways, yeah. for any situation. Even if it's just, like, a cheap bottle of whatever. Unless you're making mimosas out of it. Yeah, mimosas are different. That's different. But, yeah, just something sparkling. There's, that's, that, I don't know. I want to use the word intrinsic. I feel like that's wrong. No, I not. think you're you're right. I mean, maybe there's nothing necessarily intrinsic. 
She was probably the one for celebration, to... but yeah, it's become that way through advertisement, yeah. through pop culture. Well, yeah. Here we focus on Winum Gratia Winis. Wine for the sake of wine, if mm. my Latin is correct. It might be. I don't know. I'm too wined. Oh, now I have to pour you more. No, 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 that's fine. You sure? That's, that's, yeah. Fine. I'm going to have the... Oh, here. I'm going to okay. be generous. Yeah, I'm like, you don't... Alright. Well, I guess. Enough for a toast. Yeah, I guess we should toast. What are we toasting to? Well, we're doing the normal end of podcast toast. Oh, yeah, that that I always forget about at the end of every. Every episode, you always forget that we're doing it. Anyway, let's make America great again. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona wine monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at, at theazwinemonk, or on Twitter at cvburkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com. That makes a cool funny noise. noise. Well, did you hear the after noise? Yeah. A little bleep. I gotta bring this over for this. There's okay. that after. It's like the ding, but then there's like. Who's doing this thing? I'm doing it horribly wrong. I was going to say, I think that was a little more dramatic than it actually I was also more Byzantine. Yes. (laughs) Orson Welles in a monastery.